Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we conclude another season. It is time for Winds of Winter, Season 6, Episode 10, written by D&D, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, directed again by Miguel Sapochnik. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you, and uh, another season in the books. This is 60 episodes of Thrones that we will have covered, and uh, boy, is it a pleasure to be here. Uh, how are you feeling about the season six finale? Oh, I mean, you know an episode's good whenever I, I feel forced to watch the opening credits. Uh, the only reason I did is because I knew the Stark... Uh, banner or sigil is going to be on winterfell again that's the only reason i i watched the opening credits uh this time but uh i know we're not going to start there but the way the episode actually opens um it's it's just the best opening they've ever done like it's Mm -hmm. it's it is simply incredible this epic like i was already high off the last episode uh, and we we knew it was going to be good this one was i mean kind of the same same surprise uh, I, w- I was surprised at, at how good it was um i mean oh just, yeah no this is uh this so is many um, things went down yeah. here like i mean it it felt like two finales and one like i mean finales have have always been good but i mean i i feel like they just took it up a no notch. They, they they definitely took it up a notch this one there was a little bit more that literally happens within this episode's runtime mm-hmm. Versus the setting up of what will happen in the next season. Like, there is still that setup. There's still that lingering, here's where we're heading. But it really does feel like they're wrapping up stuff neatly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But we'll begin in King's Landing, where we we kick off with one of the best pieces of music ever composed for television, The Winds of Winter by Ramin Jawadi. Yeah. Have it on repeat right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking crazy. It it I fucking love it. I and obviously I can't do it justice a cappella, but um yeah, the the like choir as well, like the whole like oh dude everything about dude, it's incredible. But everyone is getting ready for the trial of Sir Loris Tyrell and Cersei Lannister. The small folk enter the great Sept of Baylor along with Queen Marjorie Tyrell, Lord Mace Tyrell, and Sir Kevin Lannister as Grand Maester Pycelle heads to the Sept and a, a small child stops him and whispers something in his ear. Um, the sparrows of the Faith Millicent bring Sir Loris in first as the High Sparrow awaits, and instead of having a trial, Loris confesses to his crimes and tells the High Sparrow that he wishes to devote his life to the Faith. And the High Sparrow tells him that this would mean that he renounces his family name and his future lordship of Highgarden, 
but Loris tearfully agrees. And the sparrow then seizes Loris and carves a seven pointed star in his head. Yeah. And, and Mace actually. Oh, God. I was going to say, Mace legitimately trying to fight through the crowd to stop them, but Marjorie holds him back. Um, Yeah. Mace, you know, usually is just kind of a whatever. But, you know, this was kind of like a, oh, look what they're doing. They massacred my boy. You know, they're. Look at they massacred my boy. Look what they're doing to my boy uh, here. And. And at least, at least he gets a little boy. before he goes, you know. But, yeah, no, yeah, this, I, I, this I, was I like, rough. I like, this, I like the scene. Uh, it's yeah. it's tough to watch, but Marjorie, she knew what was going to happen. You know, this is the agreement they came to. If she if he wanted it to stop, this is how it was going to stop, and this is this Dude, is how it goes. Um, think about if they did not blow up here. They have one of the best swords in the entire world, Loris. On yeah, their true. side now, like that's that's what the high sparrow was like. He's like, all right, you're dedicating your whole life to the seven, and he's like, will you fight for it? You know, like, will you join the faith millet? Like, we need your skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't think he knew that that was part of the deal, but he's like, yeah, like I mean, he's obviously just going to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Right like he, and... he can't be in this anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, shocked, Marjorie goes to the high sparrow afterwards and is like, you. No, no mutilating. I thought we agreed on that. And he's like, uh, oh, he's only, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, he'll be allowed to leave and everything after Cersei faces trial. That's the deal. Um, <laughs> and as King Tommen prepares to depart the Red Keep for the trial of his mother, uh, Sir Gregor Clegane prevents him from leaving his room. Uh, and, you know, he tries to get around. He's like, well, I've got to go. And, and Mountain just puts a hand on his shoulder like, no, no, you're you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Lancel tells the High Sparrow that Cersei has yet to leave the Red Keep. So the High Sparrow asks him to go retrieve her. And all the while, we keep cutting back to Cersei getting ready um, mm. for her coronation, actually. Um, yeah, not the trial. Uh, it seems that she's getting ready for the trial, you know, and that she will make a grand entrance, whatever. Like, if you don't know what's coming... Um, no, she's uh she's just getting uh set up for the nice to v- nice view she will have. Um Yeah, I lo- love this outfit though. This is oh, uh dude. Th- you know, I Eek. I usually hate like I hated Cersei on like previous watches. Um this one, I mean she she becomes Cersei in this episode. Uh like full full on. Uh, and I, I give her the character nod. Like, all, like even, yeah. even just her getting dressed up, I was like, oh, it's, it's like, it's going to be Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else, like, that she kept doing, I'm like, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's weird. You know, she is killing a shit ton of people and, you know, I actually like, that's not even the, t- that's not even the worst thing she does this episode for me. Um, uh, and we'll, we'll get there, but, mm. uh, regardless, uh, you know, as Lancel is walking out, Arthur, one of Kyburn's little birds, lures him away to the catacombs below the sept, and meanwhile, Pycelle follows Francis, another little bird, into a room where Kyburn awaits him, and Kyburn apologizes to Pycelle for the inconvenience, uh, however, sometimes the old must die for the new to rise. And then multiple children surround Pycelle and stab him to death. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love how uh, um, Kyvern is like, I, don't worry. I have no ill intent towards you, Pycelle. Like, don't, don't worry. It's don't like, worry. we're just going to kill you. That's yeah, all. I'm not going to be um, the one to kill you. I'm, I'm going to make these kids do it. 
and the uh, very very literal representation of the old being uh, ushered uh, ushered out by the young um uh, or the new uh, rather um yeah feels weird to to have a bunch of kids stab him but but then i don't know why i thought of like these kids they it's maybe they just get joy you know stabbing someone i don't know it's just you gotta kind of gotta find something in you to to go at that but like i i kind of felt like they this was like personal for them like picel is i don't know like maybe he wasn't the i don't know it felt this felt like there was maybe something more uh behind it but if not you know it is i guess just the the very the metaphorical young mm -hmm. killing the old yeah no i think that more than anything uh it's a reflection of kyburn's relationship to the little birds he's mm. taken something that varus uh mm. created that was safe and uh, it had a certain sanctity to it like there was like a respect and a he never asked them to do anything more than whispers and listen and tell him and stuff oh. and now kyburn has come in and He's equipped them, uh, and, and he's made them. He's made them his. It's also, I think, it's more than anything showing that they're willing to do, they're willing to do whatever for for their uh, their master of whisperers. Yeah, um, give him a uh, candied peaches from Dorn. You know, yeah. that's he's uh, he's it, way more than Pycelle's ever done. That's for sure. And I just exactly. realized Pycelle was with a girl uh, before all of this. You know, and and what uh, about my payment? Oh, no, later, later. Yeah, she's not even going to get her money now. Uh, didn't think about that. Uh, now she just slept with Pycelle. Yeah. Nobody wants that. God damn, I feel so bad. Uh, that that's got to suck. Um, but yeah, nice nice to see him finally go. This was uh, just a, a very very much agree with Kyburn here. Um, I love I love the actor. I love Julian Glover, and it's a shame we won't see him around anymore. But um, the old's got to go. Mm -hmm. Um. But Marjorie realizes something is very wrong. Uh, Cersei and Tommen are still not there, and she confronts the High Sparrow. She tells him that it's a trap, but he does not listen. Uh, you know, she's like, Cersei knows full well the consequences of her not being here, and still she is not here. What do you think that means? Yeah. We have to leave. We have to go. She turns. She tells everybody, get out. We need to mm -hmm. leave. Everybody. And below the sept, Lancel continues to follow Arthur, who drops the torch that he was carrying. And when Lancel goes to pick up the torch, the child stabs him in the spine and runs off. Um, this kid was like, I know exactly what, uh, what, wh where I need to sever here so that you can't fucking move. Learning anymore. from Kyburn, you know, I mean, Kyburn yeah. would know that probably, you yeah. know, and the, the kind of guy that's like, right here, I have a bunch of dead bodies to, for you to practice on or some shit, you know, like, right. I swear, yeah, that dude is, he's resourceful. Um, and these kids, fuck. I mean, they, I, I never thought of the, the little whisperers as a, like a, a force to be reckoned with, but, but goddamn. These, hey, uh, dangerous, these dangerous having them on your side. Uh, nobody, nobody thinks to distrust the small children running around, uh, but mm -hmm. some of them have knives. Um, yeah, a little kid <laughs> with a knife, a little dagger, that's it. That's a scary sight. Um, yeah, no, and then uh, Lance looks around where he is laying and discovers that there is a cache of wildfire. Uh, one of those the Mad King secreted beneath King's Landing as part of his plan mm -hmm. to deny the city to his enemies when facing the defeat in Robert's Rebellion. All about to be set off with three candles at the end of the hall. And uh, I think uh, I, I think it's hilarious that this was like a 
um, it's it's an obvious device to build tension. Mm-hmm. Within the show, there. it's hysterical that part of the plan was leading Lancel down to a place where he might be able to stop it. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to happen no matter what. Yeah, I guess maybe it wasn't part of the plan. Now that I think about it, and he just got chased, and he's like, "Well, gotta kill this guy now," you know, like uh, this kid's just like that. This yeah, kid's may- like maybe. I'll never, I'll yeah, it- fine. Let's do this thing. Yeah, I guess it does kind of fall apart there when you think about like if it is part of the plan or whatever. No, yeah, like, and it, it's not a big deal. Like it's it's <laughs> as far as television is concerned, it's it's yeah. impressive for tension building, and it's a it's incredibly well done. Uh, just the logic within the story does kind of fall apart a little bit. Uh, it would be, and you know, there is no guarantee that Lancel was supposed to, you know, go out go outside the sept, see the kid run down there mm-hmm. and all that. So maybe this is just good thinking on the kid's part. Maybe this kid's just like that. Uh, maybe, maybe he is just able to sever dudes, uh, at the spine. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, he's, he set up all this so far, uh, just three candles. I mean, like, it I love looked that. Like that's he just... was trying to lead him there, though. Like that's true. Like, that's, that's the thing. Is he? He would wait at every turn and look at him, and then run in and stuff. So, like, I, I do fair. think it's just yeah. a, it's just to build tension. Um, it's supposed to, you know, work. We needed someone. Down There's there also something mm-hmm. really incredible about the scene where if it's silent, there's still a tension being built. But the reason you know we're building to something is because of the score. Like mm-hmm. the score keeps building and building and building and building and you're like what are we even heading to and this is the revelation like oh this is what we're heading to wild you know um ah okay this is why cersei is not here this is yeah Uh, we've we've been foreshadowing this a little bit for a while now uh, marjorie Um, you know tells everyone in the sept they need to leave immediately but the faith militant block the doors and prevent anyone from exiting and Lancel does not make it to the candles before the wildfire ignites. And I love the uh, the look exchanged between Marjorie and the High Sparrow, where the High Sparrow goes, "Yep, like uh, mm-hmm. we're fucked. Yep, I oh, yeah. should have listened to you, and I had the chance. We got to go, and we got to go now. Um, but we can't. You know, I've I've trained my my little soldiers too well. Um, mm. yeah. The and the shot of just like him just kind of looking up and just. I don't know he puts his arms to his side, just kind of knows what's coming, uh, and I mean it's like you see like his like skeleton, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like yeah, a just a, brief a, second. a poof and then just gone. Um, everyone just gone, and oh man, wildfire explosions or something like that's just a mm, different breed there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. The the halls beneath the sept fill with wildfire. Uh, and an explosion flooding with green flame. And then in the sept, the gathered nobles hear the muffled explosions before the fire punches through the floor, burning the high sparrow down to his bones where he stands, and then building to such an intensity that the great sept shatters and crumbles to rubble, flinging debris far and wide, leveling the city for a mile around. A um, mile? Holy shit. Poor dude running away who gets like hit with like a trick shot by that bell. Um, it ricochets off the corner of a building. It's like kerplunk, and then just washes him. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, he was gonna get burnt like a second later. Like the fire yeah. ends up reaching that. Um, but 
Damn. Yeah. The bell like bounces off a building and then just flattens him. Um, uh, yeah, just they had to actually think about that. They had to literally go through the steps of being like, yeah, uh, we don't want everyone just to blow up and burn. We need one guy. Uh, we need this bell, you know, VFX team. Uh, this bell has to fly and just absolutely mutilate this dude. Just and I love that it doesn't just hit him. No, it bounces off something and then hits him. It's it's a little uh, it, it's a trick shot. They're like, yeah, let's get let's yeah. get real with this. This is exciting. This is <laughs> this is fun shit. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. This is man. I usually, you know, usually when a building or there's a mass death. Of you know a building exploding, it is it is not like a. I don't know, like when it cuts back to Cersei and she's just looking at it. I'm kind of smiling with her. Yeah, I um, know you're like. <laughs> it's weird. Nice. It's, like, it's like you know, Marjorie kind of sucks to get. Like if the one person in there that I'd want to take out. Oh yeah, would be Marjorie. And Loras, uh, you know, you don't want Loras to be yeah, there. Like it's yeah, just Loras is kind of gone. The the, the, t- the Tyrells in general. Mm-hmm. don't deserve this you know um yeah yeah but i mean a very efficient in one fell swoop uh cersei getting rid defeated all her enemies very quickly everybody um, um and yeah. looking out the windows in a room she smiles at the explosion even as the screams of the terrified and dying shatter the air um and meanwhile from too. his own chambers yeah even drinks wine no appetite yeah. loss just she's, if anything like very very happy with the way things are going and uh, as soon as as soon as the explosion happens sir gregor clegane eliminates any doubt that there was anything that he was there for besides that uh immediately mm-hmm. leaving once the explosion happens and tommen's like well yep my mom did that then huh yeah. okay um yeah well i don't think he needed that uh from the ma- i think he knew that this was his mom um, I, I just meant like it eliminated like the, any doubt. Yeah, now uh, like yeah, I guess yeah, for sure. It's like yeah, like okay. it's like okay, well, that's that's that, isn't it? Um, yeah, this was ninety nine point nine percent her. Now it's 100%. now it is yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, And Tom and stares at the explosion in shock and disbelief. And after being informed of the explosion and its casualties, including his wife, uh, Tom mm-hmm. says says to the servant, "Thank you." Um, sets his crown down. Um, walks to the window and calmly steps out. Um, yeah. Only if she would have went up there first and not to, uh, to Septa and Unella, you know, if she, if she would have just went to her son first, maybe this wouldn't have happened. No. And that's, uh, this is part of why I'm not going with Cersei. Um, (laughs) in this episode is that she knew, uh, this action was going to kill Tommen. Um, you think? We don't spend any time with her going in shock. We don't spend any time with her mourning. We don't spend any time with her mm. thinking about it at all. Um, uh, that is kind of true. Yeah. Um, like I, and I, and I don't think it's out of character. I think she's just given up. Yeah. Like she's just, her other two kids are dead. She has that mm-hmm. prophecy that all of her kids are going to die. And she's like, yep. Um, it's going to happen. I guess I didn't think of that she knew that this would kill Tommen. You know, like this would, this is for sure he's going to kill himself after this. Um, because she, she did try to protect, you know, she did keep him in his room and not let him go. You know, like he 
Mm. I think she was trying to, you know, I don't think she does that. You know, maybe she just doesn't want him to go in the in the explosion, I, I guess. But I, I don't see it as knowing 100% that, like, he will kill himself after this. Mm. Um, okay, but, maybe it's just a poor reflection on the episode itself. Yeah. That we don't I think, spend like, any time with her thinking about her dead son. Yeah, um, I mean, fact, she, she just is murdered. Quick too. She just murdered um, a shit ton of people as she blew up an entire building. Like mm-hmm. she's she's mad. You know, you can't. Normal person cannot do that. And I think it's it's she heard of Tom and like being dead, and she's like, I guess this makes sense. You know, like she's like, it was going to happen. She, you know, and and she does have that moment of like, you know, show me. You know, she does want to to look at him, and she she I I did expect like a little tear up or, or something i guess but yeah it's it's just kind of kind of matter of fact like it's just this is it it did happen so huh yeah that i that is interesting to think about if she she probably had some clue that tommen was not going to be okay i mean tommen was not going to be okay i mean this, the, the but, thing for me is that i I, I don't know. I guess I, I'd forgotten we even got a scene of her like finding Tommen's body and saying like we need to like um, mm-hmm. burn him, burn him, put his ashes with his yeah. father and grandfather um, you yeah, know, at the ashes over the sept or whatever. Um, um, so like I, I'm okay. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like oh this is a terrible. This mm-hmm. is a, I, I love I love Cersei. Like this is mm-hmm. fine. It's just that like obviously. Um, she's she's lost it to a degree and um i don't know i feel like there seems to be just a a knowing that she is maybe maybe she doesn't know she's literally about to become queen when she does this but i mean she dresses she wears what she's wearing to her coronation and is oh, like she knew she was going to become queen like yeah this was part of the plan. Who else is left? Oh. Oh, I see. Oh. Yeah, Tommen, her son, the king. Oh, shit. Oh, I did not think about this. Okay. Yeah. That does kind of change things a little bit. Um, hmm. Okay. And yeah, I, I don't guess... know if it's literally she was just going to seize power, if she mm. was going to be like, son, I'm going to be queen now. You know, like, uh, and I I imagine that is more what it was going to be, but I do think it is, I I think it is out of character for Cersei to have not gone to Tommen and been there with Tommen to explain why she did it. Mm. Like, we've seen at every single turn, anytime she does, like, with Tommen specifically, she's like, that's, yeah. And here's why I do things. Here's what I'm doing. Here's, here's how I am. I'm being transparent with you. This is what it is. Um, Maybe she actually just did not forgive him for like, you know, like the like trial by combat band. Like basically, Tommen was like, "You're going to die." Like I am accepting the fact that the the High Sparrow is going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Like you will be executed. And maybe she was like, "If my if I'm dead to my son." You know, I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was it. I don't. I'm yeah, not no, sure. So but, like that's like uh that. that it's the only thing in a great episode that I take issue mm. with critically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think okay. it's a little out of character for Cersei. Even if even if that is the case, that's out of character for Cersei. 
Um, that's, that's been her entire fucking thing is that she does everything she does for her kids. Um, yeah. And obviously she's, this is different. This is a selfish action she's taken because she's looking out for herself and that's not what's out of character. The thing that's out of character is never even Mm -hmm. considering the effect it has on Tommen. I Um, see. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't, I see where you're coming from. That definitely, definitely makes sense. The fact that she, yeah, I, I, I feel like ideally Tommen does make it out of this and she does just say, I'm, I'm yeah. taking the throne sort of thing. Um, but her kids, I mean, that, that was the only thing keeping any humanity in her at all. Yeah. You know, like that, that was it. And now that he is young, it's like, now she's full. I mean, oh, there's, no, there's I'm nothing holding her back. Ridiculously mad. Um, like, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's incredible. It's a, it's an incredible little arc for Cersei to go on here, but, uh, Still feeling victorious, Cersei pays a visit to Septa Unella. This is the worst thing I, do, I think she does in the episode. And I don't think it's out of character. I don't think this is this is a good scene. I just think it's fucking terrible. Um, the most brutal, heinous action she takes takes the entire episode. Um, you think? Oh, yeah. This is worse than blowing up the entire Sept? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. This just kind of feels like an eye for an eye uh here but this i mean there were many innocent people in there that you know went up it wasn't no, just I mean, like don't get me wrong it's the more just... it's the more personal there are things worse than death thing is what is more what i mean um yeah she, uh, she's letting the mountain oh yeah oh yeah have oh, his way i guess true she didn't have enough. that in there she was just starved yeah. and, i mean and, she was you know, just whatever. she was just um, i mean she was tortured don't get me wrong like it's yeah um, this this is true like um, no, and like I mean, here's my thing. The way that I look at it, I would rather have burnt in the sept and deal with what Septu Anella is about to get. Um, yeah, and she does. I guess Septu Anella even says that too. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to meet yeah. the gods. No, 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 no. Oh, no, you're no. not gonna die today. You think you're gonna die today. Oh, yeah, no. Lena Headey is on fucking real, dude. Yeah, um, I. But, I'm in between her, her, and and one other. Uh, for the performance, but um, yeah, no man, like she she's just going in here, prompts Septu and Ella to confess, you know, confess, confess. You enjoyed tormenting me, not for the sake of the gods, but because it felt good. And continuing her mockery, a mockery, Cersei smugly goes down a list, confessing the crime she's committed. She says, "I I killed my husband because it felt good to be rid of him. I uh, I fuck my brother because it feels good to have him inside me." Um, it feels oh. it, it feels good. It feels it, it felt mm-hmm. good to massacre those people in the sept. And finally, Cersei reminds Unella of the promise she made that her face would be the last thing that the Septa saw before her die. And Septa stiffly stiffly declares, "Good, I am not afraid to die." And Cersei gleefully assures her, "Oh no, not right now. That's not what's going to happen. Um, you know, uh, we're going to go ahead and." have you have you around you know you'll mm-hmm. see me one day but uh today's not I, that day i actually and, think uh, you've swayed me uh i think i'll, I'll leave character up in the air uh, <laughs> but, don't but get me wrong wrote... like that's the other thing is that like i approach this a little bit differently as far as like the character arc for this episode yeah cersei's almost certainly the best one um this that is was... fucking Damn. terrible dude like this is um the revenge that she takes on the Tyrells and that she takes on the High Sparrow and the Faith Militant and 
you know, they're obviously the casualties of the casual massacre of an entire, an entire city block, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a tactical, I hate to say it, there's a tactical reason behind that, though. The Faith Militant need to be gone. The High Sparrow needs to die. The Tyrells are a threat to her. She needs to take mm-hmm. them out. Yeah. Septu Unella, man. I get it. This is revenge. This is revenge for revenge's sake. Feels good. You know? Because it feels good. Yeah. Like that is that is why she's doing it. No, like, I, it's fucking terrible, though. Yeah. Like, it's really bad. Um, And, 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 and more than anything, like, Lena Headey leaves me fucking floored. Um, yeah, that's I, I was thinking of another performance, but this scene, she was too good. I mean, she was too good the whole time. I, I think I, I got to give her the performance for the episode. But character, I might, I don't know. I could be swayed uh, when we're going through the rest of the episode. That was what was interesting about this one character-wise. Uh, there's not – I don't think there's a standout. Um, and that's yeah. why, like, if you're going to go with Cersei, I have no complaints. It's just yeah. why I didn't go with Cersei. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like – uh. Uh, yeah, as I of right that... now, she'll probably get it as because I, I can't really think of anyone else who's who's up there. Maybe, um, oh, uh, what's Little Mormont? Uh, what's her? Oh, uh, Liana. Name? Yes, Liana. Maybe Liana. Uh, I got could, a, I got a good one. Uh, I got a good one. I feel good about mine. Um, uh, oh. you know, oh. and uh, okay, we'll that get is... there. But uh, okay. yeah, after uh, after this. You know, Cersei declares, you know, your god has forsaken you. This is your god now. Um, Talking about the mountain. Um, And walking away and closing the door, Cersei echoes the word shame. 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 As she did during her walk of atonement. uh, While the Septa screams in horror at her fate at Sir Gregor's hands. Also the first time we see the mountain's face. Um, Mm Mm-hmm since and it's uh it's disgusting it's terrible it's fucking yeah. fantastic good job uh, good oh. job thrones uh you did a really good job here uh because this is disgusting to look at um but yeah. uh and, and this is why like i i didn't go with cersei just on on a on a principal thing this moment is hard as fuck the the ringing shame 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 you know like i i, I love that she's you. getting everything yeah. she wanted and more out mm-hmm. of this, you know, like it's uh in my head. I'm just thinking, I'm not really thinking of what the mountain is doing, you know, yeah, I'm, no, uh, like it's... not really at all. I'm, I'm just thinking of, of Cersei's, you know, uh, it's shitty, but uh, at least it's closure for her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but as far as what the mountain is doing, um, yeah, that, that is uh, a no, a no go. It's not great. No go um, there. But yeah, after that, Tommen's body is found, and Cersei's triumph is uh, is diminished to a degree. And standing by his covered remains with Kyburn, she insists on seeing her son's face one last time. And Kyburn asks Cersei what she wants to do about funeral arrangements, since the Sept of Baelor is no longer in commission. Um, and she funny. tells him to burn <laughs> like, the body and bury the ashes where the Great Sept yeah. once stood. Tommen may rest with his brother, sister, and grandfather. Yeah, what are we gonna do about the funeral? I guess the sept is no longer an option. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't really use that anymore. Um, but yeah, no, this. Yeah, I guess I kind of expected more of a cry, but but now I think it is just it's over. You know, there's 
There's no bringing him back. All of her kids are gone. No, yeah, she's humanity's gone. She died along with them. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. That's why, like, it's not exactly out. I think more than anything, the thing that's out of character is like never speaking to Tom during this. Yeah, I feel like she's always been very particular. But you know, maybe you're right about last episode being the nail, or like two episodes ago being the nail in the coffin for that. Maybe she's like, I don't have to explain shit to him. You know, yeah, like he wanted me dead. He's he's not my son anymore. Maybe you know, like I don't know. Um, but she even stuck with Joffrey through all the shit. Like that's why I'm like, shit. I don't think it's that. I don't think like I I think it might just be that she was a little upset at him. You know, like uh. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 gonna go ahead and take away the things he loves and give him a good stern talking to after. Um. Mm. But regardless, yeah, no. I mean, you know, he he dies. Um, you know, like, I, mm. you know, stop. You're you saying like, you know, she'd have just gone to his room immediately and not, um, not Septuanella. Like that's, that's like that's the thing. She's not even killing Septuanella. She's gonna be there for a long time. She's on a table. Yeah, she can't go anywhere. You can get there later. Tommen um, can jump out of a window. You know, that's that's the difference here. Tommen can do something. Septuanella cannot do anything. Um Yeah, it's it is a little a little eh. But And I think there could have been guess. just such a an immensely more impactful moment too if uh like in that moment where the mountain is he's about to leave, Cersei like walks in and talks to him mm. and explains why she did it yeah. and how she's capable of, and then when she leaves he still does what he does uh, you know uh, you know okay. like that's like that, that would be yeah yeah i think okay that would be a lot better now that you say it uh, it's just it just feels a little odd for cersei to have not you know maybe she goes to him and is like i like i want you to know that i forgive you for you know mm-hmm. like for what happened uh, for you, like you basically that, sentenced me to die, but yeah. I'm still your mother. It's okay. I'm still your mom, and I yeah. love you, and these are the things I'm willing to do for you. You know, like, if if she makes, like, because that's the thing, is that she she obviously does it for herself, but if she's like, I told yeah. you I'd burn cities to the ground for you, and I meant that, you know? Here and you if go. that's what makes yeah. him go, oh, you did this for me? You know, my 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 wife died because you did this for me? All those people died because you did this for me, mm. you know, like, uh, okay. and maybe it's implicit. Maybe you're supposed to just get that, but I just feel like it's, it would have been much more impactful for Cersei to have said these things to him. Um, give them one more scene together. Cause I mean, like now I don't even know what their last scene together was. Do you recall? I'm in, I mean, I guess together, I mean, they're in the same, the throne room whenever Tommen's like trial by combat banned. And then he gives her, you know, he can't even look at her. Uh, But before then. Did they have an interaction in season six? I feel like there was maybe something after her walk of atonement. Um, well, shit, man. I don't know. That's why I'm like, I don't know that they had another interaction after her Walk of Atonement. I feel like maybe there was one in there, but like maybe there was something of like I I still forgive you or like she was pissed but looking the other way, 
you know, and then she, and then she, very slight one, if anything, you know, um, I would say, but not, not anything super memorable, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, because the, the high sparrow is like keeping, keeping him away from her a lot of the times, or Tom and himself just doesn't want to go because he's kind of afraid now uh, after he bans trial by combat. So yeah, before that though, I don't know. Yeah, I'm like I can't remember the last time they had an interaction, which makes me like, you know, it's it's fine. I just feel like there was a mo- there was a gut punch powerhouse moment they could have done there, mm-hmm. um, and opting not to is a little odd. I think. Um, yeah. I agree. I just okay. Didn't think about it that. I, I'm yeah. I just I, I guess I I knew what was happening. You know, I knew what mm-hmm. was coming. Um, yeah, and I guess like I, I accepted it, but like I feel like that's just something that could only add to this. That's the thing is that like there it's already tragic and like the wordless walking away, walking like. I just, I just, I just feel like there's something that could have been even hit even harder. Like, I don't cry when Tommen falls out that window. If they have that interaction before, I probably do. That's true. you know, like, uh, yeah. And there is something to to it that it's like it is. There's no question. It's like it happens. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need even that from his mom. He knows his mom did it. He knows his wife is dead. He knows all this shit's just going. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's not going his way. So like, right. there is that where it's like it is just. There's nothing left for him. He is, it's very plainly game. tragic, and like so, that's um, that's enough. I just think that there's. I agree. Uh, like they, I agree they, in, in a show where this little missed opportunity there, a little bit of a missed opportunity. But regardless, uh, Jamie Braun and the Lannister army arrive back from uh, uh, the phrase, and we will get to that scene later. But their looks of triumph turn to those of shock as they witness smoke rising from where the Great Sept once stood. Mm-hmm. Um, and later, Cersei and her Kingsguard enter the throne room. The path to the Iron Throne flanked by Lannister guards, and Cersei ascends the steps and stands before the throne. Kyburn, who is now her hand, proclaims Cersei, Queen of the Seven Kingdoms, Protector of the Realm, and all the associated titles. He places oh. a crown on her head, and she yeah. sits down on the throne. The crowd of nobles assembled to witness the coronation glare at her with undisguised hatred, aware of what she did in order to gain power, and seemingly professing their loyalty only out of fear. But she only has eyes for Jamie. And his expression is stony, concerned, and obviously curious as to what the fuck happened here. Um Yeah. Holy shit. Um the I mean this was kind of the nail in the coffin seeing her go up on the throne, sitting down, putting, you know, got the crown on her head, and I was like, Man, what a fucking like Cersei, I mean the outfit too. I mean it oh, was powerhouse. It was everything. So as of right now, I think I, I might stick with her. I might give her the double, double dip here. I'm um, cool with that. Oh, I got she's but, she's incredible. Lena Hetty is just ridiculously good in this episode. But uh, we'll then head to the twins where Jamie and Bronn return from. Whereas they uh, they arrive at the twins to celebrate their victory at River Run and the alliance between the Freys and the Lannisters and Walter Frey is inflating his importance like fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah. We have an alliance that will be celebrated for years to come. 
And whenever they think of us, we will say the words of that alliance, the phrase, <laughs> and the Lannisters send their regards. Uh, um, God, yeah, what a just a fucking old ass snake. What a dweeb. Just, just fucking, what a fucking loser. Love um, that at least Jamie gets to tell him off. You know, oh yeah, Jamie's like, like, "You are pathetic, and, you fucking." Bitch. And not gonna lie, this like he was he was kind of like listening to him, but then right when he said, "You know, we're both king slayers," and like that was when Jamie was like, "All right, no, you are not comparing you yourself not me, to me you know? right now. Like th um, that is not happening. Um, you killed Rob Stark." I think there's also a little bit of a thing where it's like, you know, like obviously he killed the mad king for a far better reason than what walter did when the mad rob king stark. killing rob stark killing the mad king is a service to the world yeah. killing yes. rob stark is 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 tragic i yeah, I, I mean i sure. but the world doesn't know that you know or whatever no, yeah. i guess uh... but so mm. no i i li- i like the the switch up that like jamie had it was it was very instant and then he's like all right uh you, have you done much fighting in your day? You know, Walter Frey, what what have you done? He's like, oh, oh, no, but back in your day, you know, back in your day, what did you do? He's like, oh. the goal of battle is to defeat your enemies, yes. Okay. I've uh, defeated uh, mine. Yeah, uh, we people fear the Lannisters. Uh, if we have to march north every time to have you retake the Riverlands, why the fuck do we need you? And then Walter's like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, like you're actually right. Uh, <laughs> ah, just Luckily, you won't have to worry about it for much longer because nope. uh, later on, uh, Walter Frey is seen eating dinner in his hall when one of the servants serves him a pie, and uh, he does not recognize this servant and immediately questions who she is, slapping her on the ass and sarcastically wonder if she's one of his progeny. Um, no, nope, uh, can't be too pretty. Too too pretty for that. Um, and he goes on to gripe about the tardiness of his sons, Black Walder and Lothar, to which the servant says, they're already here, my lord. And uh, Walder's like, they're very clearly not. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, and she's like, no, they're here, here my lord. Yeah. And points him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, Lift off that uh, crust of the pie and see what's under there real quick. Why don't you? Did he? Is it implied that he took up? He was eating this before. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, because I guess one piece was already cut out, so he already mm. ate it, and then it was okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that that's got to blow. Yeah, um, opens the pie and reacts in horror as he has been served the flesh of his own sons, and a fingertip with a nail still attached, visible in the stuffing. And the servant removes her face, revealing that she is Arya Stark of Winterfell, come to remind Walder of his crimes and take revenge. She tearfully tells her, my name is Arya Stark. I want you to know that. She tells him, the last thing you will ever see is the face of a Stark smiling down on you as you're about to die. And Mm -hmm. Lord Walder is shocked and tries to escape, but Arya seizes him, holds him down, and slits his throat, watching with a satisfied smile as the man who murdered her mother, brother, and Mm sister-in-law. The last living mastermind of the Red Wedding leads to death. Perfect. Perfect. Very close to going. This is such like the fact that this is such a powerhouse episode that this this is barely top three. This is barely top three scenes in the episode. 
it's insane. It is crossing a huge name off of Arya's list, like Walder Frey, Cersei Lannister. Uh, she's already got uh, fuck. What's his? No, it's Marin Trant. You already got him. Fuck that guy. Um, I guess the Mountain. Yeah, and that's it. It's Cersei, uh, the Mountain. And was it just Walter Frey? The headsman, yeah, is it, is it... the king's headsman, was also on that list. The one without a tongue, but uh, sadly, uh, behind the scenes, the gentleman who played that man died, so he's ah. no longer in the show. Um, okay, but yeah, this this was a big name to cross off uh, for, and yeah, it's it's insane that it's not really that crazy of a mo- like it's it's not up there with the moments of the episode, um, but it very well. Like, could have been the end of an episode. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. No, yeah, it's, it's astonishing. But, uh, yeah, that concluded the story there, you know? And I'm like, how am I not giving Arya something? How am I not that, like, I was tempted to give her the line. Um, and if there's anywhere that I might be able to, it would be that, you know? And in fact, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do that. Um, I am Arya Stark of Winterfell. I want mm. you to know that. I think that that's a good way yeah. to give this a little love. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Maybe. Go yeah, no, I, was, I was thinking of maybe Arya could be the character, but this is just. Uh, it's just too short and brief. Very scene. brief. It's a really yeah. cool action. Mm-hmm. Uh, season seven, episode one. Maybe. Maybe. True. Um, I think she does next. There. Uh, yeah. is, uh, is a little bit baller. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, we're next in Old Town, where Sam, Gilly, and her son finally arrive at Old Town, spotting the high tower with dozens of white ravens being released, signaling the arrival of winter. And after arriving at a bureaucrat's desk in the Citadel, a complete and utter loser, uh, Sam informs <laughs> the maester that he has been sent by the Night's Watch, Lord Commander, Jon Snow, to be trained as a maester. And you're like, oh yeah, bro has no idea what's going on. Bro has mm-hmm. zero clue. They just fought, like, he just fought and retook Winterfell. Sam has no fucking idea. Like, Sam like, <laughs> Sam doesn't even know his boy died. You know, like, that's... Mm. Yeah, and, and the the White Ravens leaving the Citadel at first, I thought that that was just, like, always what they, like, they just send out that many Ravens, you know? Like, it's it's like, that's kind of the pool of information, like, where everything is sent out from. But then later on, we hear that that is just to inform everyone that winter is here, mm-hmm. right? Like that is what the white ravens. That's it. Yeah, is they're just not even carrying. Fly. They're not even yeah. carrying letters. It's like they will fly to where they fly to, and it lets them know. Oh, how, winter's arrived. How do the? How does the citadel know this? That's I would, that's what the one thing is. Is like, is it just a? Because it, it, it it's summer and winter, and some of them last longer than others, so it's not like a calendar sort of thing, right? Or no, like maybe, yeah, no. It's a, um, I'm assuming it's a temperature thing. Like maybe like once the temperature in Old Town reaches a certain point, they're like, "Winter's here. It's arrived. Let's do this hmm. thing." Um, okay. Um, but at first, I thought that that was just like they send out that many ravens all the time. Like I, that's what I was I was thinking. I'm like. That's, I don't know, I thought of it as, like, that's their internet. You know, that's their text message. Well, and I think whenever they have a message for every place in the kingdom, that is what they do. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. how they would do it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that dude at the front did suck. 
no women and children, you know, waited for her to take the step. You know, obviously he knew that they couldn't go. He could have told them right at the beginning, but waited until Gilly and little Sam, like, took that step. Oh, no women and children. Um, mm-hmm. that fucking, whatever. Sam's the best maester they got there now. Um, I don't know why. I do, I do love the, the shot of, I don't know, just the Citadel is so cool. Like, that's just, Dude, a, it's gorgeous. The shot oh, of him man. walking through the books and then I, I would, like, I, like, I would come. <laughs> like, like, I think Sam like, did. I'm pretty yeah, sure like, he I'm like, did. oh my God, um, this is, cause yeah. he was already, like, the Night's Watch, it has a little library, <laughs> but it doesn't have a fucking library, you know? Uh, so he's walking through and he's like, well, look at these two shelves filled with books. From top, from top to bottom, um, and then he looks and he's like, "Whoa, there are shelves for tens of flights upward and tens of flights downward, and they are all filled with this many books, and it's all the way around the room, and it's just like the amount of books there is fucking insane." Uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 magnificent, and is I feel bad. A, is there a scene in which Sam tells someone? Like, you wouldn't believe it. The thing in the middle, it lights up every area of the Citadel. I think I dreamed this last night. Like, I'm not lying. Like, I don't think it's that's not in, the in show. this episode. Yeah, like, it's. I'm pretty certain I, like, dreamed this last night. Like, I remember. I think it was me telling someone, too. I'm like, you wouldn't believe it. Anywhere you go in the Citadel, it's lit up by this massive mirror reflector that's reflecting the sun. I don't know what. Wow, that's really weird. Uh, I, yeah, I guess like, I was. Wait a second. My brain is very Game of Thrones. You know, I that that's all I was thinking last night. Uh, after getting the these episodes and then reading reading the books, maybe I was just too deep in it that it's it's fallen into my dreams now. Um, but I don't think that happens at all. I'm pretty sure, like, I, I remember me being the one to tell someone that, like, you wouldn't believe it. The Citadel, it's fucking insane, and, like, it's lit up. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, wow, that's kind of crazy. Because I, I was reading the the little breakdown, I'm like, wow, that's not in there. Like, it's just he, he sees it and looks up, and that's it. And I'm like, yeah, that is all that happened in the episode. He just looks up, and, and that's it. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh... Wow, that's weird. That's uh, funny. It, could have been a dream, or I guess maybe he says it later on. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I feel like I remember it last night. So That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, there's it's that. hilarious. You're just dreaming of the Citadel. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. But uh, <laughs> we then wow. go beyond the wall, where Benjen drops Mira and Bran off at a grove with a weirwood heart tree in the side of the wall. And as he can go no further, he asks, and Bran asks why. And Benjamin implies that the magic of the wall prevents the dead from crossing, such as himself. And he plans to do what he can to prepare for the coming war, and he still fights for the living, and he will do what he can for as long as he can. Um, and then we don't Question. see... If John died north of the wall, and was brought back north of the wall, would he die? I guess he does go north of the wall and come back, so he's all good. He's not actually dead. True, um, yeah. Because yeah, there is something different going on with Benjamin. He's blue, like dude. Yeah, is like blue. he's part. He's part white. Like that yeah. is that is part of his deal. Yeah. So I guess okay, fair. It's not. It's not the necessarily dead part of him. It's more of the white. You I know, think it's the, specifically the White Walker yeah, magic, the undead um, part of. Yes, him, I guess okay. Yes. Um, 
But after thanking his uncle who rides off on his horse, Bran turns his attention to the weirwood tree. And Mira expresses mm-hmm. doubt about his readiness, but Bran insists that he must be. He must be ready, as he is the three-eyed raven. And he places his hand on the face carved into the tree and has another vision of the events at the Tower of Joy, right where he had left off before the old three-eyed raven interrupted. And having learned his lesson, Bran does not call after his father, who still turns around briefly before rushing in, showing that his effect previously still holds true. Um, Mm. And inside, Ned, followed along by Bran, discovers his sister, Lyanna Stark, lying in bed with blood-stained sheets, being tendered or tended to by a few handmaidens. And one of the handmaidens hands a newborn baby to Ned, who takes the child in his arms. And a weakened Lyanna whispers to Ned of the baby's identity, and the baby is revealed as her son. And she begs Ned to promise he'll keep her child safe, as Robert would kill him should his identity be discovered. And as Ned looks at his his infant nephew, the child's eyes open to reveal the dark-colored eyes of Jon Snow. Ooh, I just got goosebumps again, dog. Like, yeah. it's that, oh my god, one of the best just cuts. Ah, uh, just Ever. cutting to his face. Like, Dude, oh my god. That revelation, the first time you're watching, just... <gasps> like... <laughs> Oh, oh man, it's too good! It's too good. And the that's music the, too. The oh. you know, like the yeah. it's it, oh the stark oh. theme. It's, yeah. Oh my god, dude! dude. It's uh, it's too it's, fucking strong. We were talking about the winds of winter being like one of the best pieces of music. Like the stark theme, no matter what, just always yeah. fucking hits. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole interaction where you know Ned greets his dying sister. It's like, no, everything's going to be okay. Uh, it's going to be all right. Um, and uh, Leona's like, no, it's it's not. I'm dying for sure. Um, but uh, you got to keep my baby safe. You got to. Um, you know it to be true, you know, or something like she says. Yeah, like, you know it's yeah. true. Um, I got to yeah. go Ned. I got to go Ned Stark. I love um, it. Oh, the secret he's it. been keeping for for decades, you know. Um, we it's, thought he was done. We thought, you know. We thought, but I'm going. I'm going, Nettie. I'm going, old Ed. Um, for the for the for the uh, for the character here. Uh, I thought wow. he was too fucking good. So, as for right now, he does climb over somebody. He climbs over his daughter Arya Stark. Uh, right now, there he goes. and ties there the hound goes. Davos. He ties the hound and Davos. Um, and that's earned. Yeah, no, it's just it's just too cool, you know. It's too cool of him to have done this. Um and this revelation, one of the better reveals in all of all of Thrones and that cut from baby to grown Jon Snow. Mm. Where uh you know, he's he's presiding over a, a different scene and unfortunately, I wish I could go right into that, but there's a lot more that happens at Winterfell before that, so. Yeah. Um True. True, true. But uh, Melisandre and Jon Snow are in Winterfell's main hall, where the latter is reminiscing. Uh, he, he he says something about how when he was younger, they would have their feasts. His family would sit up there, and he would sit at the end of the hall. And uh, Melisandre's like, "Well, it could have been worse, you know. You could have had a, you could have not had a family." He goes, "Oh, yeah, I had it better than most." Um, and it's just interesting. Like again, just this interesting moment where. He's keeping Mel like Melisandre is his company. They're they're alone in this mm-hmm. room. Like this is just 
That's he's just true. booling with Melisandre. You know, like yeah. it's not uh and obviously yeah. she's like dedicated her life to him, so he, she's probably just kind of following him around. Um but it's interesting that he's like, yeah, no, like come on. Not the worst company to keep around. No, not know? by any means. Um, um yeah. I mean, I mean, not as far as he knows as of this moment. As uh, yes, yes, within right. within seconds, Sir Davos Seaworth <laughs> enters the scene, uh, tosses the burned stag to Melisandre, and I almost went with Carice Van Houten for the performance because mm-hmm. when she catches it and she was like, she knew, like she like, yeah, she yeah, she panics and she's like, oh fuck, oh, um, damn it. Yeah, aw, oh, damn, this is not going to go well. And then I'm like, oh, never mind. It's fucking Liam Cunningham, baby. Like, uh, the, the way that he does this this whole scene, uh, he's like, whose was it? And, uh, and tell him, like, tell and, him whose it was. Yeah, John like, Snow is like, oh. uh, what, what is it? And he's like, tell him, tell him what you did. Uh, and, uh, he says it was, uh, it was the Princess Shireen's. Um, we burned her at the stake. Mm. Uh, and, Dot, like uh, Liam Cunningham in this moment, I'm probably gonna have to go with him. I know I, I have someone else put in there, but I whatever she him. says that, if you, if you want to keep yours, I I did switch from Lena Headey over. To I don't now. know. I don't know. It's too good. Like that's the thing is this is too good of a scene and too prolonged of a performance of this intensity that like I'll think about it. I'll get to where I was later, but regardless, um, he whenever she says we burned her at the stake. And there was like, you can tell there was this lingering, just like smidgen of hope that he had it wrong. You know, that like this just happened to be in the burning pile of rubble and that's all. And and he like, he like resets and like steps back and is like, I loved her. I loved her. I loved her like she was my own. own. And he's like breaking, dude. I fucking loved him in this one. And uh, if you want to go with Davos, I mean, that's, that's cool. I think I, I might snipe yours. Uh, and swing it over uh so i he'll get a, a nod no matter what um gotcha. for the episode liam cunningham will and i i thought it was lena hetty but like this is i i don't know i think lena he, hetty's he performance is is incredible and the performance i was going to give later is incredible but both of those performances are rather par for the course for what those actors are capable of mm-hmm. this is something we've never watched liam cunningham yeah. do. You know, like, and that's why it's like, oh, this dude's fucking good. You know, um, so I mean, like, I'll switch it. I will give it to him, uh, simply for that reason. You know, there's, uh, he, he rarely gets to show such deep, uh, range. And I feel like this is, Mm -hmm. this is astonishingly well done. Um, yeah. Man, does he earn the double? Actually, he might. Like, is, like it's it's undoubtedly the best performed scene in the episode. Now, whether that means you want to spread the love or not, like last night, whenever I looked over and you'd given it to Liam Cunningham, I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll spread the love a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, maybe I'll go ahead and yeah, I'll go ahead and find someone else. But like as we're talking about it, sometimes that's the most revealing thing mm-hmm. is me going like, oh yeah, no, that's just it, it isn't just, it? Yeah. Um, Man, maybe I'll give it to. No, yeah, no, it's just Davos in the scene. I was like, maybe Melisandre, you know, for for acting on the other side of him, but it's just. No, Davos I mean, like he's he's scene. dominating it, man. Like in that moment, whenever he's she's like, it it was the only way we, you know, we were stranded in the snow, 
they made the decision as well. And he's like, they died anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, there was nothing, nothing good came of that. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to exclaim that her God is an evil God. If he, if he wants you to sacrifice children, um, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, my God, he's the reason, he's the reason that Jon Snow stands before us. He's the reason he's like, your God is an evil God. If he wants you to sacrifice children. And this like really gets her. She's like, Oh, like putting it that plainly. Yeah. Like I, I'd, I'd actually, you know, and, and she is like, well, her, her father did as well. Mm-hmm. Her mother did as well. Um, and, and it's, it, and she says like, I didn't lie. I was just wrong. Um, mm-hmm. or something like that. And, and he yeah. was like, well, you being wrong killed how many people, you know, like, uh, it's still on you, uh, sort of thing. And, ah, like this, yeah, Liam Cunningham, I mean, he, de- he deserves it here, man. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll let the, I'll let the rest of it breathe to see if anyone else stands out. Um, but man, he might he might get the double. I don't know. Um, I could default back to Lena Headey. I mean, she was also great. But uh, I'll let it ride for the episode, and and uh, and we'll see. But definitely glad Liam Cunningham is is getting one here. He he definitely deserves it. So I love that. I love that. He's okay. at. Yeah, he's does he only have one? Oh, he has he two. Might. Okay, so this would be his third. Um, he would tie. Richard Madden and Alfie Allen. Um, All right, for not three. too shabby. So there we are. Love that for him. He's a uh, he's too good, man. I uh, I love the guy. I love him. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, uh, Davos insists that I I I demand leave to execute this woman for for murder. Um. And John, upon learning this, asks Melisandre if she has anything to say for herself, and she replies that she only followed the Lord of Light, and implies that he is also responsible for bringing John back to life, and insists she can be of use in the battles to come against the Night King. You have met him, she says. You know, you know what you need. You know what you know. I need to be here, and still greatly displeased, John tells Melisandre to ride south, and if she ever returns north, he will hang her as a murderer. And Davos, on her way out, adds. Hey, you come back, he won't have time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. I will do have, it He won't myself. have time to murder you. Don't yeah. worry. Um, yeah, there's, John might not even hang her if he comes back. Is the yeah, thing. exactly. She's like, his he, word, he, he might but... not get the chance, okay? Yeah. Uh, like. <laughs> yeah, he won't but, even uh... know you're in town um, at, until you <laughs> are dead. Uh, until I tell him I did kill you. But yeah, that's. Mm. Yeah. But I, yeah. Um... What does she do? We don't uh, see her again until the long night. She just pops back up in Winterfell. She just shows yeah. back up at Battle of Winterfell. I'm hmm. I'm fairly certain. I don't think we see her again until then. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't. I was trying to think of what she does, but I and I, even I, then, she just kind of rolls up. She doesn't like. There's no. There's nothing that precedes it. She's just. She's just all of a sudden. Okay, she's in a couple episodes in season seven. My apologies. Ah, she goes um, to Dragonstone to meet Daenerys. Yes. yes. Um, okay. Wow. Um, and Varys is very hostile towards her because his hatred for Blood Man. Okay. Okay. So I guess we do get a, a little bit um, there. But okay. Uh, I guess for a purpose, yeah. she has to. She has to do her thing. But uh, to put those two together, I guess, you know. 
Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know. John and Sansa look on as Melisandre is leaving, and John tells Sansa that he has had uh, Ned and Catelyn's master bedroom prepared for her. And she insists that uh, he should have it. And John remarks that Sansa is the Lady of Winterfell, and because of her, they are alive and have Winterfell back. And Sansa apologizes for not telling him about Littlefinger's Knights of the Vale, and he asks Sansa if she trusts Littlefinger, which she's like, <laughs> no. Um, Only a fool would trust Littlefinger. A little smile from John as well. They're yeah. like, okay. No, I love I love these two, man. Like, their relationship yeah. is just... It, oh, this scene was awesome. Like, oh, uh, I, I a adored little, it. The... Very small, but, but like, uh, we can't be... We have to trust each other. You know, Sansa apologizing, saying, like, I should have told you about Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. I should have told you about the Knights of the Vale. And John being like... We can't fight. We have to trust each other. We have mm-hmm. too many enemies now. And the little kiss on the forehead, you know, yeah, and man. I'm just like, oh, I was like, this is already so cute. But then, and then Sansa's like, oh, yeah, White Raven came, by the way. A, you know, a white raven. Winter is here. And John says, father always promised, right? Duh. And I'm like, know. right when he's, when John said that, a little tear fell from oh, me. Yeah, like, dude. it was, it was like, oh, my dude. God, dude, come on. Um, that's my line for the episode was uh, father always promised right after the, you know, winter is here from Sansa. Kind of a du- two lines, but um, I don't know. I, I loved it. I loved oh, it. Dude, so. I love I, 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 this scene just like and then you get the Stark theme swelling again as well as they as they stand there together. And I, I mean, like just you see so much mm. of both their parents in them. You know, you see so much of Ned and John and you see so much of Catelyn and Sansa and just them being together. It's 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 wonderful, you know. Um, mm. But uh, later on in the Godswood, Littlefinger approaches Sansa and she asks him what uh, what it is that he wants from her. And he admits, I want the Iron Throne and I want you to be my queen. So. And I think it's hilarious that, like, you never even really consider this a possibility, which is, like. It's always on the back of Burner, you know? Yeah, like, you know, like, you're like, well, Littlefinger. And, he does well, and something, something that's to... been so interesting about this rewatch is, like, until a couple episodes ago, I was like, Jesus, Jamie hasn't been. I feel like he hasn't been in the show for fucking ever. Littlefinger. When was the last time he had a fucking moment? Was that like six episodes ago? Like meeting in Moat Kalen and Sansa just tells him off or whatever. You yeah. Know, meet in yeah. secret for like a minute or two and that's it. And then before that, um, I don't even know. You know, like that's the thing is that it's just I love oh, how yeah. the supporting characters in the veil and yeah, with Robin Aaron. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. I used to. That's interesting. Like. I used to hate Cersei and not really like her as a character, and I was like all in on Littlefinger's side. I like I loved him as a character, but now it's like, yeah, he is just pushed to the side. Like he's he's hardly that's, there. That's kind of his thing, you know, playing yeah, in the working background, in the and, working from behind, yeah, doing the scenes, all you know uh, all that. And, and but yeah, uh, he tries to kiss Sansa, and she's like, <laughs> no. Um, and Peter states that he has openly declared for House Stark. Uh, and Sansa reminds him that he has decided for other houses. He's declared for other houses in the past, which didn't stop him from serving himself. And he contests that that was the past, but he is looking towards the future, adding that she is the future of House Stark. And ever insidious, he asks her the, who the North should rally behind: a true-born daughter of Ned and Catelyn Stark, or a motherless bastard born in the South. And Sansa <laughs> considers his words, but keeps walking without turning to look at him. And uh, yeah. Sure, the past is behind you. You literally just told her that you 
only act, you only do something if it will further the idea of you getting on the Iron Throne. Mm. That's what you literally said. You said you don't do a single thing in your mind unless it gets you closer to the Iron Throne. And he's like, yep. no, the, that's the past, actually. Um, I don't, I'm not like that anymore. I'll, I'll declare no, it to you. No, 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 but oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a douche. Um, <laughs> but, uh, afterward, at the Great Hall of Winterfell, Lord Yon Royce speaks against allying the Knights of the Vale with wildling invaders. And Tormund's like, we are not invaded. We are not invaders. We were invited south of the wall by this man right here. <laughs> and John reminds the assembly that the free folk fought by his side with the Northmen and the Knights of the Vale and won. And then adds that his father used to say true friends are found on the battlefield. And Lord Clay Kerwin argues that with the Boltons defeated, the war is over and winter has arrived. The coldest one in a thousand years, according to the Maesters. And he then proposes everyone to ride home and wait out the coming storm. And John counters, hey, with the enemy that we have out there, he <laughs> brings the storm. Yeah. And they were they, like immediately everyone was like, oh, like. Okay, like I, like everyone, the the vibe in the room switched. Yeah, uh, it's definitely there. a little who. And, and there you and go. I, I think they're talking think amongst right. themselves a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know. They saying that the maesters, according to the maesters, it's the coldest one in a thousand years. I think you're like I think it's right. It's just a temperature thing. It's like all right, mm. it's starting to get cold. Uh, winter's here. Winter's so, here. Yeah. Not the ravens. Yeah, it's mm. just that simple. Um, yep, winter. Um, there it is. Yeah, that's um, it. That's the one. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, this is my scene, uh, and it specifically starts here, where uh, Lyanna Mormont stands up and speaks to Lord Wyman Manderley about how his son was murdered at the Red Wedding, yet he recently refused the Stark summons. He then turns to Lord Robert Glover and reminds him how he swore an oath to House Stark, yet he refused the coal, as she says. Uh, <laughs> you refused the coal. You refused the coal. Um, it's so funny because Bella Ramsey is such a powerhouse in this little role. Um, and she's still got such an itty bitty voice, you know, like yeah. you refuse to call. Yeah. Even her little king of the, king of the north, you know, whenever <laughs> she joins in, it's like, it's just a very cute, north. like, yeah. Uh, no, uh, I love it though. Like she's, she's really mm -hmm. good in the role, but or they're really good in the role. And uh, finally, you know, she confronts Lord Clay Kerwin and reminds him that his father was flayed alive by Ramsey Bolton and still he refused to, to aid the Starks. And she then adds that both house Mormont and the North the re North remember. And they have no king but the king in the North whose name is Stark. She doesn't care that Jon Snow is a bastard for he has the blood of Eddard Stark. And thus he is her king until his death. And the assembled begin to quietly discuss until Lord Wyman stands up. Admitting that the Lord Lady <laughs> Mormont speaks harshly but truly. Mm -hmm. uh, then adds that after his son died for the young wolf he ignored Jon's summons to keep more Manderleys from dying for a lost cause. But that he was wrong. This man has avenged the Red Wedding. He is the White Wolf. Mm. The King of the North! He bears his sword and kneels. Lord Robert is the next one to stand up, stating his regret for not fighting besides John. You know, I will regret that for the rest of my life. All I can do is ask forgiveness. And John humbly says, you know, there's nothing to forgive. Goddamn, you're and... too nice, John. Mm. You're too nice. And Lord Glover turns to the rest of the lords, announcing, there will be more fights to come. Lord and House Glover will stand behind House Stark as it has for a thousand years. He bears his sword and kneels. The King of the North! Mm. And inspired, the rest of the assembly, including the Lords of the Vale, stands up, following the example, and hailing John as the King of the North, as the Northern wow. Lords and River Lords had done for Rob some years ago. 
even Davos joins, declaring, mm-hmm. "The King in the North." Lady no Nor- Lady Mormont yeah. joins in, "The King in the North." And John stands up and shares a look at a smiling Sansa as he smiles too. Like this moment, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because literally earlier in the episode when he was talking about the feasts and how he used to sit at the end of the hall and he was not, he was not, he didn't feel like he was a part of the family and everything. Mm -hmm. And now he's being heralded as the King in the North. I also think it's just so funny that people keep throwing him titles. He has no desire to possess. It's so funny that he keeps going places and everyone's like, we want to follow you. And he's like, damn it. You know, he's like, shit. Okay. I guess Um, I'm just too good at this. You know, (laughs) I am not trying to do this in any way. I love it. He he keeps going places and he keeps being, he keeps being a badass. And everyone's like, dude, this guy's dope. He should be the one we follow. And he's like, like, honestly, I was just trying to die. I was trying to stop. But uh, there, he can't help but, he, like, when he smiles at Sansa here and he's like, like almost like, can you fucking believe this? You know, yeah. like, look at this yeah. shit. And, uh, mm. and yeah, Sansa's smile fades almost, as yeah. she looks at Littlefinger over there in a, a bit of a sinister fashion. Um, but, yeah, that was my scene. Uh, the King in the North mm. coming straight off the cut from the baby John into this. I mean, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. It's. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I did end up going with the sept going boom. Um, I think it's just it's one of the best scenes they've ever filmed. Uh, just all in all, uh, music, the tension build, everything about it. I I couldn't go with it. I mean, I I think it is the scene of the season and uh, the episode. Yeah, I, was, I went I with it for the scene of the season. You know, I, I couldn't like, let it, it go. It's too uh, memorable. Um, yeah, I couldn't let it go. I, it needed a nod for the episode as well. Um, but yeah, um, so, but that but concludes yeah. the story at Winterfell and we head to the water gardens wherein Alaria and the sand snakes meet with Olenna Tyrell, who is now in the morning after the deaths of her son and grandchildren. And after the queen of thorns shuts down, the sand snakes attempts to speak. I love, I loved this dude, her being like, uh, what do you have to say? Nothing good. Um, yeah. let the grown women speak. <laughs> yeah. Like just to each one of them too. Like, Oh, you're talking. Why? You shouldn't be. What's Shut your up. name? Barbaro. Yeah, do you have anything to say? No. All right, good. And then you you look like a young boy. I don't think you have anything to to add in this. All right, now let the grown-ups speak. Shut the fuck up. I was like, yeah, damn. Cold. I mean, she's okay. Cold. I love like, she's cold. done. You know, like, she, she's yeah. the last surviving member of House Terrell. Mm-hmm. Damn. She's like, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, We're in all black, too. Kind of. Yeah. But uh, Cersei a little bit, but Alaria suggests that they must work together for survival as Cersei has decided war on both of their factions. And despite expressing her distrust of Alaria for orchestrating the deaths of Doran and Tristane, the brother and neth- her brother and nephew, uh, respectively, nephew, nephew, sorry, and mm. uh, the very same man whom she sought to avenge, uh, Olena clarifies that her house's future has been taken from her. Survival is not what it what she is after now. Um, and Alaria then promises that an alliance with them will give Olena her new heart's desire. When Olena sardonically asks what that is, Alaria states that it is justice and vengeance, and she rings a little bell, and Varys reveals himself and phrases fire and blood. Mm. Yeah, I gotta Varys, this is a secret mission, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh and now we got Yara and that faction of Greyjoys. We got the Sand Snakes and Olena Tyrell all in the corner of the Queen of uh so, I guess he Bay didn't know that Olena 
was going to be here. He just went to Dorn to try to yeah, get Yeah, no, I think it's just time. a lucky little turn and of events. And it's for like, him. oh, the set blew up? Oh, Elena's pissed off, and now we'll have their Terrell's army. The too? second most rich house in the Seven Kingdoms? Okay. And actually, the richest? The Lannisters yeah. have been lying about how that's much money true. they have for decades? Yeah, in, uh, that's true. Yeah, this was. Very nice, uh, stu- you know, thing to stumble across. He was just trying to get Dorn, um, in on it because obviously they they don't like Cersei too much. Well, and um, also it's incredibly important that they get Dorn on their side because Dorn's the only place that resisted Aegon's conquering. The only place that could not be conquered by Aegon, Dorn. That's that's badass. That's like. It's the one he so didn't if you get. can't conquer them, you might as well ally with them, bro. Like, that's it, you know? Uh, yeah, the Iron but, uh, Islands and Dorne. The only independent kingdoms, I guess. Yeah. Um, but but we do uh, we do conclude the episode in Marine, wherein Dario mm-hmm. Naharis meets with Queen Daenerys Targaryen, reporting that the fleet is nearly ready, and he's eager to see how the Dothraki do on the open sea. And Daenerys is like, ah, you won't. You're not coming. Um, and... <laughs> Dario interprets this to mean that uh, he will go on to seize Casterly Rock then to cut yeah, off the oh, Lannister obviously. retreat. Okay, yeah, new like, strategy. Oh, okay. okay, I get it. I get uh, it. And Danny's like, no, no, you're going to stay here with the Second Sons to keep peace until uh, the Bay of Dragons can safely choose its own ruler. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, she cannot bring a lover to Westeros as marriage is still her most valuable bargaining chip when considering new alliances. And he's like, you wouldn't think twice of it if you were a fucking king. And she's like, so you'd like to be my mistress? Uh, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't give a shit at what perfumed little aristocrat is next to you. I just want you. That's all I care about. Um, yes. And Daenerys stands firm. And Dario's like, it's the little guy. It's the little guy. That fucking dude. That little um, fuck. Can't argue with his logic. He's got yep. it on. He's got that. But God yeah, damn it. it. It's, it's good. Uh, it's a good idea. Um, politically, I get it. And uh, and she's like, uh, don't be mad. And he's like, I'm not. I'm full of self-pity. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do How can I follow up you? How the <laughs> Who fuck? the fuck follows yeah. Queen Daenerys Targaryen? Uh, she's like, ah, there will be many more. Uh, she's like... I know how good you are. I'm pretty yeah. sure you'll have. I'm sure you'll many, have, many women uh, um, will, will follow Daenerys. He's like, yeah, but I won't like it. Yeah, uh, there's no one that will actually be fucking. Yeah, nothing's going to. I mean, I mean, I'll like it, but not as much as this. Um, and, you know, Daenerys assures him that she will leave specific instructions for him to follow and govern governing the Bay of Dragons. And Dario takes his leave. Mm. And when he departs, she goes to see Tyrion. Peter Dinklage, my other consideration for performance in this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, and, you know, she's like, well, you know, I just said goodbye to a man who I thought I loved. Um, and I didn't feel a fucking thing. And mm-hmm. he's like, eh, you know, you he won't be the last one to love you and he won't be the last one you love. And she's like, well, thanks for fucking nothing. Yeah, and- you failed. You're failing. <laughs> Uh, you suck at this. He's like, yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm really not the best at this at all. And she's um, like, are you, uh, you know, how, how does it feel that this is actually happening? You know, you have you have your ships, you have your dragons, you have the men. We're going. And he, he asks, are you, are you scared? Yeah. And she goes, yes. And he goes, good. You know, like, you, you should be. You're in the great game now. And the great game is nothing to scoff at. 
Um, and Tyrion says that, you know, uh, he, he turns to the topic of Tyrion's rule of Marine in her absence. And after defending his actions, he says that he gave up on believing in himself or in anyone or in anything, but that he believes in her, you know, and he says it's quite embarrassing, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now you're consoling her a little bit. Now this, yeah. now you're doing okay. You know, it's not not for Dario necessarily. Just kind of like a different, you know, change the subject here. But mm. this seemed to work work well enough to uh, for Daenerys to. I don't know. This was a a nice little tear, a nice little tear up moment as well. Just like, oh, yeah. oh my god. Touched. Daenerys uh, tells him that he has something for her or something for him. I don't yeah. know if it's right, but. I had it, you know. I had this made. Oh, and the, you know, and then the little kneel down, and the one funny dude. Part whenever, of- whenever she's like, "I declare, I declare you hand to the queen," and he like, his eyes like fill up with tears, and he yeah. like steps back, and he's like, like I, I like that was the reason I almost yeah. went with Peter Dinklage. Like it's just such a subtle, fantastic little piece of acting there. Mm. Um, I love I, the cut back, uh, the shot of like Lord. him kneeling, and of yeah. like there's wine right behind him too. I thought it was yeah. just hilarious. Just that, I mean, he was sitting there drinking before, you know, whatever. But I love that yeah. it's just it's still right there. Yeah. Um, it's right but, there uh, with him. But yeah, this ah a nice moment for Tyrion. Um, uh, finally, he's the hand, um, you know, directly from the the queen or king, and not not hand off like a technicality. Right, right. Someone chose him, mm-hmm. you know. Like uh, he says, "I would swear my sword if I if I had one." Um, I do not own. Like, all, all I need is your counsel. Yeah. Um, this was an interesting moment. I it's it, it's starting to stick out to me to a degree how fast the show is going. Tyrion and Danny have obviously formed a, a good working partnership, and he managed to keep the city above water in her absence. Um, and frankly, of her options, he is the option. You know, mm-hmm. um, knows Westeros better yes, than anyone. He's, he's the he's the choice, and I think that's obvious. Yeah, um, it's if they were to stay in Marine, I don't think this this it's still just he's on the council you know yeah. maybe not the hand but the fact that they are going to westeros he knows it better than any maybe Varys yeah. would be the other option i guess but he's a way better master of whispers, master of whispers you know whispers, uh, yeah. or, uh and 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 that sort of thing so yeah it's this is uh if it's not going to be masande you know right it, it's 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 Tyrion. so no yeah i i i think it's i and don't get me wrong i think it's a great choice and uh, it's just it's one of those things where I was like, God damn, like we're already here. It's 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 bizarre, you know. I'm just like, yeah, she's she's on the way. She mm. is setting sail. Yeah, I mean, uh, but sometime later, Drogon, Rhaegal, and Viserion fly over the assembled Dothraki, Ironborn, Dornishmen, Reachmen, and Unsullied fleet of the House Targaryen. And Daenerys, clad in Targaryen black, stands on the deck of the flagship with Tyrion, Masande, and Varys looking ahead to the next round of the Game of Thrones. Either the gift of a new ally or another massive war within House Targaryen for the Iron Throne. I mean... And thus we conclude Season 6 of Game of Thrones. Damn! Dude. 
the amount of just things that went down here, the amount of times they could have ended the episode, uh, the fact that the opening is blowing up the sept, and that's not the end. Um, the, I mean, it's Arya killing Walder Frey. We get the King of the North. We, I mean, it's it's just fuck. It's stacked. This finale was. It's my favorite finale uh, so far of the show. These two episodes that we got are, I don't know. They're just a little different. And yeah, no. No, it's far and away the best finale we've gotten. Um, yeah, no performance really stuck out there. Peter Dinklage could be. I think it's between Peter Dinklage. Lena Hetty and Liam Cunningham. Um, and yeah, I think hmm do we give him the double? I think he might I mean cuz Lena Hetty and Peter Dinklage you're right, it's just kind of par for the course for them. Um but par for the course for them is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but I don't know. I think I think Liam Cunningham might deserve the double here. Um, he's only got three. It would put him up to four. It would tie him with, uh, Nikolaj Coaster Waldo, um, or Waldo. And Lena Hedy, she's already got 16. She's already in the lead at number one. Peter Dinklage has 11. Um, I think, I think we give Liam Cunningham the extra love, maybe. Uh, because I think, uh, season-wise... Um, I, I'm more comfortable giving it to Lena Headey here, um, probably, yet again. Mm. Um, I think I've, have I, no, I gave Kit Harrington at last, oh, Kit Harrington twice in a row, Jamie, okay, the last time I've given Lena Headey this season was, uh, actually in season two. Um, let's see, you gave her in season two, Alfie Allen, Peter Dinklage, okay, and then you gave it to her in season five, um, so... Think, uh, she's I gotten think she, a few season nods so mm-hmm. far. I'll give I'll give Dob I'll give Liam Cunningham this episode. I think I think he really did deserve the double here. Mm. Um, I do I do like doubling him up here, and then I'll I'll go Lena Headey uh, for the the season here. For me. Ooh, love it. Shit. I mean, I have gone Kit Harrington a lot. I mean, it was the last two seasons I've gone Kit, but. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the numbers there for you, you got you got a couple Lena Headey, you got a couple Kit Harrington, you got a couple Amelia Clark, you got a couple Sophie Turner. Uh, Shit. So like, it could go, it could go anyway for you. Oh wait, no, I'm looking at the wrong season. Sorry. I think I'm going Lena Headey. Her walk of a her walk of atonement that was this season, right? Or was season that five the... finale? Okay, never mind. Hmm. You got a little time to think on it. Let's uh let's talk the rating of true. this episode Guess, yeah, and in can. turn the uh and then after that we can talk the the season right. favorites. I did punch in ten critically. Um but it's not, it's not there. I think it is ten enjoyment. I yeah, that, no, no doubt that's, there. This is that's one doubt, of the most enjoyable episodes of Thrones. The and frankly the thing that's a big missed opportunity. I think that I mean that they that I, I feel like they should have done that. Like that's it is kind of a little off character. Uh, so there there is that. Um, but I mean, like I would still say it's the second best episode of the season and the best finale 
of the show, which makes it a nine seven five. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I I did give it a ten. It felt like it, but now that there even is that slight hesitation, like last episode, I have no qualms having yeah. keeping that at a ten critically. That's just it's fuck. It's different, but this this is almost there. Um, and yeah. What a so, close to the season with a 97, yeah. a 100, and a 98 to close out with those last three episodes. Yeah. I mean, IMDb gives it a 9.9, yeah. um, and uh, the same for Battle of the Bastards. So, um, ah, there, oh my god, there was a line. I forgot what episode it was in, if it was in Battle of the Bastards or this one. Um, oh, like, Sansa said it. It was last episode, um, Battle of the Bastards. He, he, John says, I will protect you. You know, I, I won't let him touch you ever again. I will uh, protect you. No one can and protect says, anyone. No one can protect, you know, no one can protect anyone. Uh, no yes. one. I, I didn't know if it was a, a play on that at all. It, it doesn't seem like it. Sansa doesn't, you know, there's no emphasis put on no one. Uh, no, but, but it might it be a little foreshadowing for like, what, uh, what Arya is. No one. I guess Arya is not no one. Uh, you know, she is Arya Stark. That was her. But arc. the spirit of it, no but, one like, can protect anyone. She does protect everyone. Yeah. Uh, eventually. Uh, so, I thought I thought that was was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, okay. There we are. Do we? Yeah, we do rate the season usually. We do. We do typically. Um, and enjoyment wise, I'm be hard pressed to not give this one a ten. Man, this was a. Yeah, uh, it's there. Another it's stellar there. season. It makes it the third season in a row mm-hmm. uh, to get a ten enjoyment. And I think that that's just the case, you know. Um, and you critically, it, was... it has the best finales. Like, the the ending of the season is utterly incredible. I will say, critically, I think this is the most episodes we've ever given sub-nine. We have one, two, three. We have three episodes sub-nine. Mm-hmm. Last we had season, sub- we, had we had three last one, season. two, three, yeah. Three the season um, before, and then we even got into the sevens. Yeah, uh, the season before. Um, oh, okay. Um, and I, I only say that uh, to to maybe talk it down to a nine, uh, nine five or a nine two five. Mm-hmm. Same level um, as last season. I feel like uh, is it is it better or worse than last season? I season five had a lot going for it. You know. Uh, I feel like season five might have been more consistent. Yeah, I well, think I guess season... it's the same. Uh, kind of like when you look at the eights and stuff, but but there were nine two five, nine five, nine seven five. We have a lot of them. Well, I mean, they're relatively on similar yeah. footing. I think nine yeah. five might be a uh, a good place to come down. Okay, I think so too. This season also possesses the only ten out of ten across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is true. At a so it'll tie last season. I think that's fair. Can't really put it above or below, but man, the end. I can put that above. Um I can put the ending above last season, I think. Um, oh yeah. Above oh, yeah. any season, actually, I think. Yeah, is, no, it's the best end the of the season there is. Yeah. So okay. There we are. So now all that is left. I gotta bump Liam Cunningham up one more. So he's at four. Tying Nicolaj, Coaster, Waldau. Ah, um, uh, yes. And then... The I Count. 
Mm-hmm. The final count, um, at least for up till season six. After season six, we've got uh, we've got a nice fancy top five for the characters. Jon Snow leading still with uh, thirteen. Oberyn Martell in second with ten. Tyrion Lannister tied in third with Daenerys Targaryen at nine. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a three-way tie for fourth between Davos Seaworth, the Hound, and Ned Stark. And fifth, a four-way tie between Arya Stark, Varys, Rob Stark, and Cersei Lannister. And then with the actors, uh, just just running away with it over here. Our top five is much neater. No ties here. Lena Hetty at 16, number one. Amelia Clark at second, 15. Kit Harrington at third, 13. Peter Dinklage at fourth with 11. Sophie Turner at fifth with eight. Um, and with that season favorites, Sophie Turner. That's mm. my favorite performance of the season. I think that okay. as far as her coming into her own and dominating shit, she's getting better and better. And this season really showed that for me. I'm going, I'm giving Sophie Turner the season long performance nod. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and very character. Well I'm going Davos. Okay. Go my boy Davos Seaworth. And a boy Davos. I, I, I did go with Jon Snow for character last season. And I think I have to go with him again. Uh, at the beginning of the season, the dude was dead at the end. He is King of the North. Um, mm-hmm. Somehow he just his rise just keeps on going, um, and he's he's the character I care most about. I was thinking maybe ooh no 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 it's Arya, um, it's the Stark sisters that should get the mm. the uh, the characters for this season. Actually, Arya's storyline was just incredible. Uh, her arc that she goes on, I love last minute switch up. I thought it was John for sure. Um, Arya's got a great season, man. The Stark sisters really came into their own this one. Yeah, Um, Sophie Turner get the performance, Um, but still, maybe Macy, maybe John is the character, but Macy Williams gets the performance. I mean, I wouldn't knock. I wouldn't knock you going Kit for a third season in a row, uh, performance wise. Uh, the dude is incredible in this season, you know, like it's just, uh, he continues yeah. to dominate. I'm in um, between Kit and Lena. Um, cause I mean, Lena Hetty, it's just, she doesn't have to say anything. It like, like I, her, I choose violence scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she doesn't have a lot of, a lot of scenes that she usually does, um, like previous seasons, but, uh, she's very just menacing now. She's uh kind of she's losing it uh completely but i mean it might have to be kit again because goddamn i don't know he's he is just kind of kind of that yeah i i think it's got to be kit he just has so many more <laughs> yeah more those scenes. moments for you and yeah and that goes in seasons four five and six <laughs> You got Kit Harrington as the performance of the season yeah uh talking it from beginning to end uh, for the character through the seasons for you, I love your reflection of the show. Uh, Ned Stark, season one. Tyrion Lannister, mm-hmm. season two. Daenerys Targaryen, season three. Mm. Oberyn Martell, season four. Jon mm-hmm. Snow, season five. Arya Stark, season six. Yeah. I, Very wow. satisfying collection. I don't mine's have a, a, mine's a tad more eclectic um, 
we were on the same page the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ned Stark and Tyrion Lannister. Season three, I ended up going with Egret. Mm-hmm. And season four, Ober and Martell, same page. Jon Snow, season five, same page. And season six, I'm going Davos Seaworth. Like um, so I got, I got, I threw a little wrench into it with Egret and Davos. Um, but, uh, man, it's a good fucking collection of great characters there for the season long favorites. Um, do you have a, do you have a quote of the season? I think I do. I, I was trying to decide. I didn't know if it was going to be this one. It's just Tyrion's quote, and, it, and and I don't know. I love Tyrion's one of my favorite characters in the entire show, and it's his most famous quote. Um, it's what I do. I drink, and I know things. I love um, that. I love whenever a meme comes out. You know, it's just uh, I guess it's not really a meme, just more of a uh, his kind of tagline or slogan. Yeah. Um, I was either thinking that or just snow from one one because we did lose no. Um, we did lose one one. Uh, so I was maybe thinking of going with that uh, for mine, but I think I think I'll go with with Tyrion's tagline. I'm gonna go with uh, I had something here, but I'm gonna go with a a different Lannister tagline, and I choose violence from mm. Cersei Lannister. Um, mm-hmm. Needed to give Cersei a little love on the season. I guess I did give the Sept going Kablooey the scene, but um, yeah, I did as well. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it was my my episode and the season scene. It. I mean, it's that song. I don't know. It just the tension build. It, it's yeah, it's incredible. incredible. I, it's one of the best scenes they've ever filmed. Um, so, wow, what a season down in the books. Walter Frey crossed off the list. No more Hodor's to be had. Uh, that's. I think we've got it all now. Wow. Man, and with season six behind us, we only have season seven and eight, which means only 13 episodes for two seasons, which is odd for us, given that we've been doing 10 episodes per season previously. Yeah, and now we've only season got season three episodes. Um, yes. So not yeah, not that much at all left on. It'll be over before we know it. And uh, man, I'm. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, but I am excited to get this get this one behind us and mm-hmm. wait in eager anticipation for house of the dragon season mm-hmm. two um oh yeah i'm so excited for that but uh yeah season six in the books baby 60 episodes done uh wow 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 insane insane but with that we will conclude this episode of winter is blooming if you would head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod where you find hours of exclusive content including all sorts of book reviews comic book reviews movie reviews and the like for three dollars a month you could support this podcast financially which is huge because it costs me money and i don't make any off of it unless it's over there head to twitter follow at penny bloom pod follow on letterboxd at penny bloom pod follow on instagram at penny bloom podcast remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to continue downloading uh it's a huge help uh we are continuing our comic book movie journey through film over the course of the next week. And we're, we're now in the two a week format for that. Um, so Wednesday and Friday will bring us the likes of the Avengers mm-hmm. on Wednesday, which is also my 24th birthday. Hoo, 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 hoo. Let's um, go. Uh, and Friday will bring us. The, the amazing Spider-Man. Okay. That's what I thought. The amazing Spider-Man. All right. Yes. I was, I was on the, I was on track there. 
Hopefully we'll be joined by Blaine Rezach for that as well. Uh, I'm hoping to have him back. He signed up for that a fucking yeah. year and a half ago. So we'll see. Um, I'll have to hit him up and check if he, he will still be down for that. Um, but yeah, with that, we'll be back next week for season for the season seven premiere. And I cannot wait for Daenerys to dry to arrive in Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to be here, my friend. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom, and winter is here.